Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings. This is Hugh Ballou. Welcome to this episode of the Nonprofit Exchange. We're in our seventh year of interviewing lots of people some from the business community, some from the consultancy, some from coaching, and many, many from inside nonprofits telling their story of how they had a vision and how they made it happen. Um, today, we have a fascinating story, and I, I somehow found this, this online tool called Ventro, and I logged in, and all of a sudden, people were contacting me saying, how can we help you? And then I was introduced to the, the founder who had this great idea. And um, Noor Shugre, did I say it right, is my guest today. And so Noor, tell people about who you are and a little background about yourself. And then we'll talk about the Ventro platform. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Hugh. I, I really appreciate the time to talk to me today and letting me share my, my story and my journey. Um, my name is Noor Shugru. I'm a, a current second year at the University of Chicago, so I, I'm 19. Um, I found Adventure back in January of 2018, and it was really born out of thinking about the question, how do people with good ideas get access to resources? And that's a question that's kind of plagued me ever since and uh, really set me down a path of building my own business. So I've been doing this for over just over three years now, and um, it's really been my baby, so... <laughs> So, um, Nora, we have, um, out of every hundred people that have an idea, in my experience, there's only three of those that actually do something about it. And maybe fewer than one of those three actually succeed in making it happen. So what, um, what was the big missing piece that you wanted to put together for people like me? So... <clears throat> I have to say that I think that for someone who was that young starting the business, a lot of credit has to go to, you know, my parents for encouraging me and saying that, you know, not only do you have a great idea, but it's actually something that you can execute. I think starting something that's all by yourself is, um, is something that's, it's incredibly challenging to do simply because, you know, there's no right or wrong way how to get started or how to do it. And, you know, back when I was getting started, it was a lot of, I mean, very simple things. Like how do you even, how do you incorporate a business? For example, it's not really something that people will tell you or talk about. But for me, I think that the thing that keeps me going and gets me up in the morning is, is how do we make people more accessible than they currently are today? You know, when I, when I mentioned earlier that, that Ventro was really born the question about thinking about how do people with good ideas get access to resources that kind of led me down the rabbit hole of, of trying to think about the way the world works today. And I'm sure you're aware it's all about who you know, you know, some people went to the right school, you had access to the right social network, you know, you happen to be in the right place at the right time. And that's great, but it's 100% luck and there's no logic behind it. So what we did is we started going out and we started reaching out to leaders and decision makers and we started asking them some pretty, pretty basic questions, things like, why is it you don't, you know, read your email or answer cold calls or listen to pitches from people you don't know? And while it may seem obvious, the answer we kept getting back from people, I mean, over and over and over again was, 
I'm afraid of having my time wasted. And this, 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 I mean, this problem that leaders, I mean, we all only have 24 hours in a day, right? We all have to spend it doing something. Leaders have a very high demand for their time, but it's a limited commodity like anything else. So the way that we could think of to change this and to actually incentivize leaders to engage with strangers was to pay them. And this was important for, for two reasons. One, because now the leader's time is being valued. But the most important reason why this idea of a, a marketplace around time is, is so important is really from you know, an entrepreneur, a business, a nonprofit's perspective who spends incredible amounts of resources today trying to get access to those opportunities and the intention of these people. You know, I can give you an example. I, I'm based here in Chicago and a round trip Uber downtown would cost me somewhere around $50. Or I'm trying to go to a conference and hoping, praying outside with my business card that someone's going to take it and pay attention to me. That could be thousands of dollars. So what we do, it's about trying to make leaders accessible, not just available. And so for us, it's all about trying to level the playing field and um, trying to open the doors to countless opportunities for people who would have otherwise have been excluded. So that's what gets me up in the morning. <laughs> I feel your passion when you're talking about it. Um, <clears throat> I've been to Chicago many times. It's a little harder getting around than it is in my, my city of 80,000 where I live. So, <laughs> you know, we get five cars at a traffic light. We call that traffic. So um, it's a very different place, but it's, it's a very... Uh, good place to be with lots of resources it doesn't mean that you're able to connect with those people and and so you had this idea now this is a big play with technology now that's a big area technology so you created the software this this platform to make it work so how did you take your idea and make it manifest itself in this high-tech play. Are you a programmer? How did you make that happen? You know, I have to give credit where credit's due. We have an incredible team. It is definitely not just me anymore. Um, I am not a coder myself, so I do not have those technical skills to be able to execute this all on my own. Um, so huge shout out to my entire team who's just incredible and in actually um, doing the coding of it. I'd say my skill set lies more in the ideating and getting the actual ideas off the ground, not the building itself. Mm -hmm. So the ideation piece of this is being very clear on what you're doing, why it's important and what, what it looks like. And obviously you were able to do that because it's a stunning platform. And I, I've, I've joined, I've been in there and looked around and you've helped me look at it. And I'm gonna go back and have my second go at understanding it and utilizing it. So I know enough to be confusing right now, but I know that it, I, I see the people in there and it's impressive. The, the kinds of leaders who have been successful, these are people that you would see on a Shark Tank kind of show or see in the news. These are people who have impacted people's lives. So if, if it was hard to get access to them, now this is one of the things we all suffer with as nonprofit leaders. We, we create these myths in our mind where they're not gonna be interested. I don't wanna bother them or they aren't gonna understand. So we tell ourselves all these myths and then we actually talk ourselves out of trying to approach somebody. So how did you make that connection? Because you didn't have Ventro to do it. That's yeah, so funny to mention that we often say that a lot within the team internally. You know, we wish we had a Ventro when we were building Ventro. Um, it's, it's difficult. And, you know, when you get started, it's a lot about trying to convince one person to say yes. I think the biggest thing is don't psych yourself out. 
you really only need that one person to say, look, I love what you're doing. I get your mission, your vision, your passion. I have a friend you should talk to. Because, you know, I think what, what, what really motivates leaders to be on the platform is they want to be intellectually stimulated. They want to be engaged. They want to hear about new projects and new opportunities and new ways that they can give back and help. But there is no way for, for them to do that currently that protects their privacy and their time. So what we do is we're really a happy medium. When I was going out and when I started reaching out to leaders, I mean, the, one, the worst thing they're going to tell you is no, right? So, so, so why not? Why not cold call people, cold email people? And, and just to, to give everyone a little sense of the kinds of people that are on the platform, um, for example, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank or Gary Cohen, the former president of Goldman Sachs, people like Brian Grazier, the Oscar-winning producer. So we really have, have you know, put significant efforts into curating um, not only a very, you know, you know, deep network, but also a very broad network in lots of different industries and lots of different fields. And so I think, you know, particularly for our audience today in the nonprofit space, if they're trying to get access to these people, I think one thing to keep in mind is how important missions are and how important, you know, the why is. And I think keeping that at the forefront of every, every, everyone's mind is really motivating. And especially in that space, I think leaders really want to give back. So making it easy for them to do that, making it the processes for them, for example, to sign up super easy. So they just have to click, yes, I want to do that, you know, is, is really, really important. You know, trying to make sure that what we're doing also fits for, for what they're looking for in their needs. Wow. Um, that's a whole lot of good, really good stuff. And, and I'm surprised at how many leaders, even leaders that are in a successful or mostly successful enterprise of any kind cannot articulate what you were talking about, the why, and say their vision and mission in, in, in a very specific way. So let's back up a minute. You were, you said you're 19. You started this three years ago. That means you were 16. I started as a, as a conductor when I was 18. I thought I was pushing it. <laughs> you, you put me to shame, which doesn't take a lot, but you really are out there and you were able to clearly identify your vision so that other people could help. And I have had the pleasure of working with one of your team members, Claire, um, who is so helpful, so helpful. Um, so how did you get the skill of being able to understand these dynamics that are so important for leaders to be able to, to, to create? I think the biggest thing is, is talk to people and ask them questions. And I think, you know, oftentimes, especially I can say from my experience as a, as a, as a young person in a room with, with adults many times, sometimes you have questions that you almost don't wanna ask because it seems obvious or like there's something that I'm missing or, you know, someone else would have thought of that because otherwise, you know, it like, why, why would someone just ignore this to me seemingly you know, obvious answer? Um, but I think for me internalizing that it might not be obvious and ask those questions anyway, because it gives you a better understanding of the bigger picture to be able to, to try and think about the world a little bit differently. So that's the biggest piece of advice that I've probably learned is talk to everyone. I mean, even if you don't think they're in your field or your sector or have any interest in what you're doing, people love to give their opinions on things. And that's something I learned very quickly. And that's always, I mean, incredibly valuable, you know, hearing from lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds with lots of different perspectives. Um, really help give me a sense of, you know, it's okay if you don't know everything, 
But again, talking about people like Claire, I mean, we have such an amazing team and surrounding yourself with people who do see the world differently from, from, from you do and do have that other perspective um, is incredibly valuable. So I think the, the biggest thing for me is just ask questions, even if they seem you know, completely obvious. Even if they seem obvious, that's really good advice. Because we do, it might be clear to us in, in, in talking about my little brain, it might be really clear to me but have we checked it out and should we ask it anyway? I think the only, I've heard this many times and it's trite because it's true. Um, the only dumb question is one you don't ask. <laughs> um, it's it, so let's, let's do, I want to spring one on you here. Pretend like I'm a high, I'm a high level influencer and you wanted to talk to me about being one of those people on Ventro that people would make a pitch to. So how would you approach me and, and, and uh, encourage me to want to take, take these, and I will talk about the process, but have people approach me through your process. How would you, how would you present that to me? I mean, I would start off and I would really talk about, you know, the journey and, and, you know, First, I'd recognize the problem, right, and kind of lay that out and talk about why it's so important. I would talk about, you know, the countless people all over the globe today that have amazing ideas. And I would talk about, you know, the hundreds, thousands, millions of great ideas that are going to die just because the founder was born in a small village in Ethiopia or Colombia or wherever it is. And I would talk about how it's so important to be going out there and supporting those great ideas. I think now more than ever, we realize the, the countless problems that we have and they're out there to solve. And I think about how many of those problems already have solutions out there and how many of the solutions are never gonna see the light of day. And that's really what it's about. It's about trying to, trying to find those people and support people. It's about the power of human connection. It's about that one person that is going to change your life and the trajectory of your life for the better forever. And I think we can all think back to, to someone in our life, doesn't matter who you are. We all have someone in our lives who's you know, either been a mentor to us or given us a great piece of advice. And we can all think about that moment that really set us on a different path. And I think that's a common experience that everyone can relate to. So it, for me, it doesn't really matter who I'm talking to. I think that's a really big, important part of highlighting about what we do. Um, and then also explain to them, I mean, for, for our leaders today, there's really no downside of them joining. I mean, we, we pay them to, to, to review pitches. And most of them are donating all the money to charity. So it's really not about the money for them. It's about a filter mechanism where they can, you know, be intellectually stimulated, get engaged with things, hear new ideas with zero risk. So, you know, they absolutely love it. I mean, they, they state the various charities they're donating to on their profiles. And we also have a program for Ventures called Ventures Volunteers, which is for, for people who don't necessarily have the finances to pay for Ventura right now. You know, we have a group of leaders who've agreed to review pitches free of charge if an entrepreneur or a business owner is willing to complete a certain number of charitable service hours. So we've really done a lot of a lot of thinking around how we can make the platform as accessible as possible. And I think that that mission and keeping that frame of mind is something that's really motivated our leaders. That is awesome. You've created a way for people to help others and you've created equal access for people that are trying to get started, but they don't have um, spendable cash. There's some similarity in Center Vision leadership and we've created lots of resources for those people in the social benefit sector doing good in the world and don't have a development budget or a planning budget or a leadership coaching budget. 
So we, we provide this online community for leaders to have access. So I, um, I'm resonating with what your passion is. So you have some pretty astounding, you mentioned some of the people in there, you have some pretty astounding leaders and uh, you and Clara have suggested some for me to talk to because I'm not looking for capital investment. I'm looking for somebody that's a philanthropist that wants their dollars to go to many organizations. So I'm sort of a uh, empowerment tool for their every dollar to go empower lots of nonprofits who don't have that resource. So it's a very different kind of pitch. So how many of those influencers do you have that people like me can make a pitch to? We have over 700 today. Um, I know it's, 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 it's grown You've a lot. been busy. You've been busy. Wow. 700. Yeah, I think we're, we're about to hit, we're going to hit 800 in a few days. So it's going to be incredible. My word. So you made one by one, you invited those people. I mean, it was definitely a, it's definitely a process. I could not have done it without the team. Uh, it wasn't me single-handedly, you know, conquering uh, every one of those phone calls and, and getting all those yeses. Um, it was a, it was a team effort. It was, it was a big endeavor. I mean, probably out of the three years I spent, I probably, you know, I spent the majority of that time creating the network and doing those phone calls and talking to the outreach. And now I'm spending all that time, you know, on the phone with our customers, hearing about their journeys and, and, and their stories and what their needs are and trying to make sure that the two pieces of the equation um, are aligned and that they can, they, you know, that, that, that they really fit, fit, fit together. Um, but no, it's the process has gone easier. I mean, the hardest thing you can do is, is just get started. That's really what you have to push in this because after that, every single phone call gets easier and easier. Your messaging gets easier and easier. It's like, you don't even have to think about it at some point. It's almost like you're on autopilot talking about, talking about your business. And that's really the point where you want to get to where you're so comfortable with it and you're just comfortable talking to people about it. That's why as well, my piece of advice about just talk to everyone, even if it's like, it does, it's not fruitful, you know, it's not going to lead it to a direct benefit in whatever you're working on. It just makes you that much more comfortable when you are in the moment and when it is high pressure and you're talking to a, a big leader and you know you got to make this perfect, you're that much more comfortable and in your own zone and in your own flow and you feel like I got this. I've I've done this a hundred times, so one more time, it's it's piece of cake. I got it. It's rehearsal. It's rehearsal. Absolutely, practice makes perfect. Well, actually, perfect practice. You get perfect as you keep doing it, and <laughs> we never get perfect, but we get much better. We get much better. So um, that's astounding. So I want to talk about you and your ideas and you, how you develop this into this enterprise that you have. Um, I'm going to use the word enterprise because there's a for-profit for profit business and there's a for-purpose tax-exempt business, but we're all in an enterprise that needs to create revenue. And in business, it's a bottom line profit. In nonprofit work, it's the revenue, the proceeds that, that, that fuel, it's the gas that runs the car, basically, it fuels the work that we do. And we, we must learn to treat it seriously and create a business model that's that works. And so there's several, and what you just said there, we're going to highlight that, I hope in the transcription, the sound bites that you gave, you know, to how to do this, how to do this. That's extremely good advice. Um, your, your wisdom is far ahead of your generic years, your, your whatever, your age. So um, talk about 
how you curate the process. So I'm, I've, I've looked at some samples, Claire, you and Claire have told me about how to make a pitch and I'm, I'm working on my language with one of my advisors who's watching this today, working on my language on how do I present? And I hear this over and over. I can't say this in a few minutes. I have to explain everything about it. And, and I really, I equate it to when I, I went to play in London with a friend, a musical, and we came out of the theater and I said to my friend, how did you like it? And he said, it was okay, but the ending, I had a problem with the ending. And I said, what do you mean I had a problem with the ending? It was too far from the beginning. And so we get so wound up in telling people they forget what we're talking about in the process. So, so there, there's some, we're so passionate. We know everything. We want to tell everybody everything. So learning how to compress what it is without losing the essence of what you're doing. And we don't need to tell them everything. If they're interested, they'll go the next step. So curating the process, there's 700 people I get to present to, and I pay for each one. And I think it starts at about $25 and goes to multiple thousands. Um, so there's many, th many steps in between. So if I'm going to present, how do I do this? And I think it's a 90 second video. Is that it? Two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. So I talked to you a bit through the process. You're absolutely correct. Uh, the prices start at $25. You know, the majority of the platform is under 200. So there's incredible value to be found there. So it really works as follows. Someone comes to the platform. They can filter to find people that are specifically interested in their space, their field, you know, that have expressed interest in, you know, water sanitation, for example. Um, whatever, whatever it is. Sorry, I was just talking to a buyer this morning that was interested in water sanitation. So that example is, is fresh in my mind. Um, they pick the leaders they want to pitch to, they add them to the cart. They then make a two minute pitch video. And when you talk about what, what boiling down a pitch video is essentially, you know, who you are, what your background is, what you're working on, so where you are today and where you want to take it, you know, where is this going? I typically say those are, you know, and obviously intertwined in there, the mission is incredibly important in terms of like your journey and where you came from, why it's so important to you. And I think the biggest piece of advice is, trust me, very few people care more about what you do than you do. So, you know, when you think someone is super interested, keeping it short, sweet, you know, hitting the highlights, the high points, the important things. And the biggest thing that I, I tell people when they're making their pitch and they're a little bit nervous is, first of all, you know, relax, speak slowly. You're always, you're always, you know, speaking quicker than you think you are. And also it's about telling a story. You know, people really buy into other people's journeys and the humanity of it all. You know, whenever people come to the platform and make animated videos, we see that those work less well. I mean, really simple videos shot on your phone, two minutes, just talk about your journey. It's a story and people really see the humanity in other people and that's what intrigues them and interests them. You know, there's a reason why people love watching, you know, documentaries or YouTube videos. That's about real life. It's really authentic. It's genuine. And that's really what shines through, if anything. You know, very few things, times will someone remember the exact specific numbers or content from a two minute video, but they'll remember the feeling that, that, you, left them, that you left them with. So I think that authenticity is really what just needs to shine through. And it doesn't need to be some overdone production. It's just, you know, talk about your journey. We all have stories. You're obviously really passionate, interested about what you do, why? I think explaining that is the most important piece to, to fit into the video. Ah, you're back to that second time of the why. You know, the, are you familiar with the Simon Sinek TED Talk, uh, Begin With Why? I am. 
what did you, did, was that inspiration to you in, in creating this process? You know, I have to tell you such a funny story about, about Simon. So I was actually on a, on a, on a Zoom call with a leader, you know, I believe it was like a month or two ago and someone else on the call had brought him up. And he, as I'm talking to this leader, they go, oh my God, that's so funny. Simon Stack was literally walking through his kitchen as we were talking about him. It was the craziest moment ever. It was bizarre. He was literally just hanging out in this guy's house. And I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. And that's like, that, that never happened. He's a real person. He, he does I know, <laughs> I know. So that's a pretty profound um, paradigm shift because we want to tell people, and especially in this, this work we do in philanthropy with, the, quote, the nonprofit world, that, that actually the word nonprofit is a problematic word. We use it. This is the nonprofit exchange, but we use it to identify the sector. But it's so such a bad word. It puts us in this negative framing, this scarcity mindset when we really it's it's abundance thinking that takes us there so the the why they don't people don't care about what until you, they understand why you're doing this so i can shoot it on my phone so it's not an elaborate presentation with slides and all kinds of animations and stuff it's us talking or do people use some visual some uh some slides in in, in the mix how does it what's the best practice and this is probably good rehearsal for presenting to anybody you want to present to. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, how, I mean, I'm very young, so I'm still in school. And how many times when I was, you know, in elementary school and high school did I had to give a presentation? And I remember my teachers always telling me, you know, don't read off the slides. People can read if they want to, you know, but actually talk. And it's true. If I was sitting in the audience, I rarely would read the slides that are going on behind someone. I'm really just listening, engaged to the person and the human being. And I think what you're talking about from the nonprofit perspective is really interesting because, you know, I often say Ventro is incredibly mission-based, but we're not a charity and that's, you know, not to be confused. And there's nothing to be, you know, ashamed about, about the fact that it, it is for profit. And I think that the world today of doing good and business at the same time is interlinked, you know, now more than ever, as it should be, you know, there's a right way to do business while also doing good. And I think businesses that are being more conscious about, their impact, whether that be environmental impact, social impact, um, it's incredibly important. And I think, you know, I think this intersection is, you know, becoming more and more prevalent in, in people's minds. And it's something that I'm really passionate about because that's really how I think about my business. You know, it's really, you know, how can we do business while also doing good? How can we do business while also doing good? That should be the question we all ask ourselves, shouldn't it? Wow. Wow. So I repeat, your, your wisdom is far, far surpasses your years. So what I want to do is take a minute. We, we normally run a sponsor moment here, but I'm going to run a sponsor moment about us. So Center Vision Leadership Foundation came out of my vision. And Center Vision is the vision that's, that we clarify, which creates our synergy. So it's the synergy of a common vision. So I trademark that. And so in CenterVision, we have this private community where people can network and talk and share. And actually it's a good community for people to be prepared to make that video you talked about so that it gets attention and they don't get turned down too many times. They uh, maybe get a request. So we'll talk about that part, but I'm gonna see if I can show a video 
that um, explains about the community. It's it's about two minutes. Here we go. I hope the sound works. Let me know if it works. Getting unstuck, unlocking our own leadership potential. Let's focus on success. That means accomplishing what we set out to accomplish. According to the research, Dun & Bradstreet determined that 90% of entrepreneurs fail due to their lack of skill. The Meyer Foundation discovered that 40% of nonprofit leaders were burned out and leaving. Others might be doing fine. We could all do much better if we only knew what was missing. I'm Hugh Ballou. I teach what a musical conductor knows about leadership. I've been working with social entrepreneurs for over 32 years from four continents, running many types of organizations. And I have discovered the common threads that limit their effectiveness and consequently limit their impact. I've discovered that organizations cannot develop any more than the ability of the leader to lead. The problems as I've discovered are too much to do, no team or little team, insufficient income, relentless stress, and leaders are not sure what to do about it. The solution? I have created a community for busy people to transform their skills and transform their organizations to create a different future. My answer is to provide a system with a step-by-step -step implementation process so there's no guesswork. There's never wondering what comes next. There's sufficient content to guide your planning and actions and the group support with, along with my mentoring. There are specific modules covering the different stages for moving forward. There's no feeling of being alone. In one way or another, we are all bound by the conditions of our own making. This community is a private group just for nonprofit leaders and clergy to unlock your potential. It's time to do something different. Look at my short video and see if this community is a fit for you at nonprofitleadership.online. Nonprofitleadership.online. Check it out. Check it out. I made that just before we came on the air. So I got a few things to fix, but it, it basically is my gift to the world. This is my volunteer work in Center Vision to provide value to those people in the trenches doing their best. And um, we don't know what's missing. So in the community, I invite people to consider nonprofitleadership.online. So Nor, you had this idea and you put a team together and it instantly happened, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> So to talk about the process, because I work with lots of startups, people have an idea, I want to do a nonprofit. And of course, because it's a nonprofit, people will give me money. Well, it's a business. You have to have a value exchange. You give value, people will give you money. So how did you make this happen when you had the right idea and the right people? You know, it's it's really a learning process. You know, we made our, our, our URL public on, on June 1st. And since then, we're doing a lot of learning. We're actually talking to customers. I mean, when you have an idea, you think you have an amazing product and you start talking to people. And so you, you start hearing feedback and then you realize, oh, I need to go back and I need to change this. You know, you're, you never have, especially with, with, with tech businesses, 
a finished product, right? You're constantly going to be involved, shifting, hearing what people are saying, hearing what the customer is saying. Is the, does, it, does this part work for the leaders? What's not working? You're constantly going to be fine-tuning it. And there's lots of lessons you're going to learn along the way. I mean, from how to find a, a, an amazing team. I mean, personally, I mentioned earlier on, I am not the, not the, the tech person. I am not the one doing the coding. Um, but finding the right people who, who are amazingly talented in their own space. And I think one of the best pieces of advice that I was given was, you know, surround yourself with people that are better than you are at what they do, because that's really how, how you're going to start seeing growth. If, if someone else is in a different sector and they're coming to you, asking you what you think, you know, what you think they should, they should be doing, you know, that's not the right dynamic to be having. They should be better than you. You should be going to them and saying, Hey, um, what's your advice, your expertise, um, and your knowledge. And that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be super, you know, established in whatever they do. I mean, we have a, a very young team, but we have people from lots of different backgrounds. We have young college students. We also have very established professionals and all those different perspectives are, are valuable. But that was one of the best piece of advice I was given. Surround yourself with people who are better at what they do than you are. <laughs> and they don't have to be better at everything. They're just better at the thing that you need them to be better at. Absolutely. And we get hung up on that. I, you know, I work with some very sophisticated power leaders who aren't really much better than the startups. They just think they are. And, and what I see with you is, is a very open mind and a very uh, willing mind to say, come and join me. We can do this together because in the South, it may not be grammatically correct, but it's what we say. None <laughs> of us, we have our own grammar, our own language. None of us is as smart as all of us. And so that's, you know, it's true, even though, um, even though we don't recognize it often, we want to be the leader, which we impose unfair, unfair pressure on ourselves. We have to always be right and have the right answer. No, we have to ask the right questions. Now, you don't know that you and I just talked a little bit one-on-one uh, -on -one, and um, you're highlighting some of the basic things we teach in Center Vision. And so this is, I'm just like, yo, this is this every, every principle that you've highlighted are things that we try to teach people they ought to do. And it, they, these don't come to us naturally. And so you've had some good mentorship and you've been a really good student of leadership to be able to do this. Leadership means that you influence people and you make things happen in my world. And you figure out how things happen. So let's, um, any, any challenges that you want to share in, in launching this enterprise? Because many of the people that try to not, uh, launch nonprofits don't get them launched. And half the ones that are launched will close because they didn't do the proper steps. That's why another reason I started, you saw that in the video. Um, that's another reason I started this, that um, I want to support those people that have started, even though they didn't put all the pieces in place, they can still do that. And the world needs what we do drastically. So is there something you, besides having the right team, besides listening to people, besides having very skilled people, are there some things that you did and we will call them not failures, but learning opportunities? Are there some learning opportunities that you've, you'd like to share? You don't have to, but are there some you'd like to share was valuable for you? Oh, absolutely. I have to say, you know, the one thing that, that one thing I have learned from doing this is I have no shame in my failures. So I have zero problem walking you through them. And uh, even trying to think about the mindset about what is a failure um, and taking away the negative connotation from that word as well, I think is really important. 
I can tell you, Vintro was not Vintro when when we started back in January of 2018. We first tried to launch this app called, I think it was The Crowd. And essentially what that was, it would, we used to call it like a Tinder for ideas where you'd be able to, you'd have leaders who would use the app and we'd have people put up videos and they could swipe right or swipe left on these really short pitch videos. What we realized is that there was no incentive for the leaders to actually go on there. They're busy enough besides adding one more thing for on their day that they didn't even know if the ideas were gonna be in their field or in their sector. So, you know, that was one specific failure that I can call and say, look, but we learned from that. We heard, you know, the, why, why didn't that work? And we realized there was no incentive for leaders to engage with it. And that really, that really messed up the whole dynamic. So what we thought about was, how can we put the power back into the hands of an entrepreneur, a business, a nonprofit? And how can we tell them, you know, you don't have to go out, you don't have to network your way to the top anymore. Don't waste your time doing that. Who's your dream person? Because go through the platform and you know, dream as big as you want. Because if we, if we don't have them, we'll go out and we'll, look for, we'll get them for you. You know, so it, leave that part to our, I mean, the, the, the success of your idea, in my opinion, should be about the quality of your idea and your ability to execute. It shouldn't be about your ability to network to the top. And so that's, that was a, a big learning lesson for us was, you know, in the very early days, how do we actually fundamentally pivot the product because we realized it wasn't working. And I, I was actually, I was on a, a panel um, last week with a, with a nonprofit based here in Chicago called Female Strong. And they deal about, they, they, their main focus is on female entrepreneurship, especially within the youth in Chicago. And I was on an amazing panel with some incredible, incredible women. And we were talking about this idea of failure. And it, the one thing I, I took away from that is, you know, we all have it. And the most important thing is about trying to change the perspective of it. It's not failure. I mean, earlier on when I said, when you reach out to a leader, the worst thing they're going to tell you is no. You know, the worst thing they're going to tell you is no and not explain why. Because the second someone tells you why it's a no, you can go back and you can actually learn from that. And I don't think there's any shame in being wrong. And that goes back to as well, asking obvious questions. If you're wrong, if the answer was obvious, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you're learning and you're progressing and you're taking away from that, um, as long as you're that much better for the next time that situation comes around, that's really what matters. So when you make a pitch to somebody, they tell you no, you want to know why. Absolutely. I want to know why. That's, that's part of the best part. So that happens. Let's, let's do the rest of the process. So I want to, I have a project and I want to make a pitch. So I create my two minute video. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I, then I find a person and I pay my, my money. And then what happens? How do I send them the video? And then what happens after that? Come to the platform, pick your people, make a short video. You know, you upload the video to the platform, you check out. That video gets sent directly to the phones of all the leaders you picked. They all have an app on their phone today called the Venture Viewer app. They get a notification letting them know that there's an opportunity waiting for them. They open the app, they watch the video in completion. The system actually won't let them, you know, jump ahead, skip around, fast forward, speed it up. So they have to watch the video in completion. And then they actually have to let it sit with them because they're going to have to respond and they're going to tell you, you know, what they loved about it, you know, their experience, something that you should look out for. They're going to be like, you know, when I was building my business, this was a struggle I faced. How did you get around that? Have you considered this? What about this problem? And they're, they're, the most important thing that they answer at that point is, do they want to continue the conversation further? Have you hooked them? Have you engaged them? That they actually want to find out more information. They want to sit down and have a longer call with you. They want to see more documents. They want to, you know, do go through go through everything in 
in, in fine detail. Um, and at that point, the way that we don't get paid anything from that point, that, that's a, on everyone's own time, that engagement and um, how that relationship blossoms and develops is completely yours. So that's a bit about the actual process and how it works. Wow. And I guess when you get feedback and you need to change something, it's good to change it before you make the next presentation. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's been really funny to see. I see customers actually who, you know, pitch six, eight people at the same time, because the odds are that some one person out of that group is going to absolutely love what they're doing. But we've also seen people who've taken that feedback and who've come back and who've pitched the same leader, you know, two, three, however many times it takes to, to get that leader to say yes. And the leaders say yes. They see the persistence. They see the perseverance. They say, look, you've really taken my feedback on board. And now it's a yes. So it's about, you know, when you're left with a no and you have nothing, when you're ghosted, when you send someone an email and they never respond, you know, that's probably the worst case scenario because you have no idea what you did wrong and you have no idea how to fix it. But the second you know how to fix it, I mean, the, the possibilities from there are, are, are really endless. So. We got a couple of uh, entrepreneurs in here. One that's got a, uh, um, a business platform, but does has a passion for nonprofit work and one that has both. So are you, would you entertain some questions? Of course. So Blair, Blair Collins, uh, I think you're from Oregon, are you? You've put, um, you've put uh, a question in the, in the chat. I wanna let you ask it personally. I, I forget, you're up there in one of those um, Western states. Which one are you in? <laughs> Washington, I spent a bunch of time in Portland, Oregon, but yeah, anything from the mighty Pacific Northwest, you can align me with and I'll be perfectly happy. So right on. <laughs> so, so Blair is, is creating a, a digital platform that has a lot more we can say about in a few minutes, but he's uh, listening with great intent um, to what you've done as a startup. What is your specific question, Blair? I'm just looking for like, does Ventro provide um, templates for producing not just the two minute video but the one pagers because i've asked pe i've had people ask me for a one pager to summarize what i'm trying to create and it's difficult when i don't have the funding and or people at the table that are helping me create the architecture which i think will lead us to the path that allow not just me to have an app that i'm really excited about but others to partner with it so i just didn't know if you had resources available in the, the ecosystem that you're creating that kind of allows for that uh, sharing of good ideas of how to present succinctly the ideas in a way that people then it resonates with your membership. So that's, I guess, my my question. Thank you so much, Blair. I really appreciate that. The answer is yes, we do. Um, if you go to our website today, we do have tips about from the thing, our experience. I mean, we've seen at this point, hundreds and hundreds of pictures go through the ones that have worked the best, you know, why they work the best and what are the most important things to include in that video. So we have written um, articles on those topics, specifically at the one pager. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think anything is up on that specifically at the moment. We'd be happy to create that content. And also, you know, as I mentioned, it's not just it's not just me anymore. Our team is incredibly hands-on with the entrepreneurs that do need help. So yeah. at any point, feel free to reach out to the team. We'd be more than happy to help you with um, any aspect of things like that, making the video one pagers for, for leaders if they want to see that. Um, we're more than happy to help in any way we can. And the website, yeah, uh-huh. I just want to say thank you. No, I really appreciate it. Um, what you're presenting here and just your spirit of what you're you're doing is fantastic. So thank you. So well, thanks, Blair, for being here. He's doing worthy work. And Blair, in the chat and on the interview page, there's the uh, um, 
it's beta.myventro, V-I-N-T-R-O dot com. And um, so thank you for the question. And we got another one queued up, but um, let's, uh, Nora, for, for people to join, what does it cost to join MyVentro? Zero. <laughs> I knew the answer, but I wanted to hear it from you. Okay, we have from uh, sunny Southern California, where it's probably disgustingly nice today. Uh, San Diego, we got Ariel J. Goodwin, known as AJ, who's managing a, a music project, a for-profit and non-profit for a famous composer. So AJ, what question do you have for our guest today? Well, uh, hi, this is AJ. Um, okay, so uh, questions I have is one is if I also know somebody that would be a really good leader for your platform, uh, how would they join you? So first of all, thank you so much. Any leader recommendations, we absolutely love taking those because it makes our job so much easier. And the more people we have, you know, the more legwork we do, the more people don't have to do that come after us. They can join automatically from the platform. They can just make an account as a leader and, or, you know, they can get in contact with our team and we'd be happy to make concierge invites for them and walk them through the process in a more hands-on manner. But either way, it's really simple to join. You can just go to the website and make an account. Make an account. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm meeting with uh, somebody that I think uh, he's a, a philanthropist, uh, investor, um, owns many companies and we'll be meeting with him tomorrow. So I think this would be right up his alley. So the way that he can give back. My uh, second question is, uh, so when you first started, how did you get funded? Uh, well, first of all, I just wanna say thank you so much for, for spreading the message about Venture to anyone in your network. I really appreciate it. Um, yes. You know, we really started off by getting funding by reaching out to anyone in your network. Um, you know, friends, friends of friends, friends and, and family, you kind of start off there. And then, you know, we're actually going through another round of funding ourselves at the moment where we're going to bigger investors. But, you know, most of the people that are that are our personal investors were high net worth individuals, which made, you know, a lot of our leaders, actually, as we started reaching out to them and started building the network, loved what we were doing and said, hey, are you guys looking to raise money? We absolutely love the project. We love the mission. We love the vision behind it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Do you know about Clubhouse? I, I do. Yeah, I've been uh, on the platform for the last couple of weeks. And, and from that, I've, I've met some very, very serious players and people that really just want to give back and pay it forward uh, in their, wh whatever the level of their business is, you know, from social media integrators to uh, multimillionaires and philanthropists to marketing and distribution licensing. There are so many rooms for different areas. Uh, are, are, you, uh, are you in any of those rooms that we can ever have discussion with you? With me personally, I, I'm not currently on Clubhouse, but um, I'd be more than happy, I, Hugh or anywhere else to give you my email, I'd be more than happy to jump on a call with you and discuss anything with you further. I'm always around. AJ, I'll, be happy, to, I'll be happy to connect you. So thank you for the question. And uh, I've got Clubhouse, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm too busy. Helping, helping social entrepreneurs. So AJ, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna call somebody that didn't raise her hand, Jeffrey, um, who's one of the advisors in Center Vision. And we were having to cut, he's got the jet fighter there picture. So Jeffrey, if you could unmute. Um, this, this connects with a conversation we were having earlier, which included Blair and some others about um, making presentations and the relevance of uh, how we create our language. Do you want to make any comments about how this is helpful 
stuff that 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 Nora is presenting, or do you have some questions for her? Yeah, no, I, I just this is tremendous. I mean, this is congratulations. This is just such a fabulous platform, and the um, I mean, I'm looking at this, of course, from the nonprofit side and thinking, wow, we could um, we could use uh, like a an almost a little sidecar of this uh, of for um, uh, people who specifically invest in nonprofits like foundations and things like that. And I, I could see like this really expanding in, in a lot of directions. Amen. But it's so huge now already with all these investors that you have. So I really like the idea where, I just think this is tremendous where people can come in, they're gonna hone something that's gonna be presented to these individuals. And that's create something that they can use as they're going out and talking to other donors and other funders. So it gives them a chance to really perfect that. And this is an environment where they'll do that. A lot of people wouldn't do that in, an, in a different environment. I just don't know that they would take the time to go to the extent they need to go through to do this with you and, and just makes them a better organization. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. You know, the, the process is something that we're constantly trying to fine tune and make and make that much simpler and easier for people. I think Blair's question earlier about content that we have around how to make it easier for people um, and how to really turn into bite size. Some people are, you know, are, are natural presenters. And I actually was was on the phone with a member of our advisory board, actually. And he was saying that one of the one of the amazing things for him about Ventro is the ability to record it as many times as you want. Right. It's not like you have one shot and there's high pressure under that moment that you have to get it perfect. He goes, look, I'm just not a great presenter. I have great ideas, but I get nervous. You know, I, you know, stumble over my boards, whatever it is, but I can film my video as many times as, as I need to, to get it perfect and to get that first impression to be great. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I was thinking about when you just said that I was thinking about all the people that say they've gone and wanted to do a TED talk and they, they basically didn't make the cut because it's because it's so tight the window is just so tight of what you have to have to present it and how you present it and how many times they have to hone it and there's people that still don't get accepted into that so yeah I think it's great that people can really work on it and adjust it and replace it and and even over time you know because because things are just changing so fast and and hopefully the organization is changing and growing and can modify that and it's um yeah, it's tremendous, tremendous platform. Jeffrey Fulgham, thank you for being here. Um, yeah. Jeffrey um, is um, one of the advisors. He's on my advisory council for uh, Center Vision Leadership Foundation. He's in Richmond, retired from, he's a professional fundraiser, a member of the uh, Association of Fundraising Professionals and a certified professional fundraiser in that. So he knows his stuff, been doing it for years. So his comments come in at a pretty high uh, competency level and I'm grateful to have him on my team. You were talking about having uh, better people on your team than you. Well, I model that. Of course, it's 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 not hard for me at all. So um, this is good. This is good stuff. So I wanted to see if I had a. So <clears throat> the um, the types of leaders that we that we can present to um, from our perspective. What are there, are there certain industries or certain types of leaders or what do we expect when we go there and how should we try to find the person that would be a good fit for us? 
you know, we have leaders who call out and who will say, you know, I'm looking for, you know, philanthropic opportunities. So we have leaders who openly say that. And I think that's a great place to start. But besides that, you know, leaders who say I'm donating money to this charity or that charity, they're the reason why they're on venture in the first place is to be able to give back to industries. So I think that's a, you know, coming from, from that perspective and that as a starting point, you know, I think the majority of our leaders, of course, I mean, would be interested in philanthropic opportunities. It just depends on the right one for them. So I guess it depends on, you know, what space is the nonprofit working and what, what specific problem are they trying to help? And then trying to, trying to think about, you know, what industries and what, what people would be relevant that they think would be interested in their opportunity. But I mean, we have leaders who specifically call them. I think the majority of our leaders today are always open to hearing about new philanthropic opportunities for them to get involved with. So I think, you know, we have so countless, countless people on the platform who'd be interested to hear from them. Love it. That's encouraging. So what are there some common mistakes that people make besides reading off the slides? We won't do that. And that's, that's one of my pet peeves. And Seth Godin has a little ebook he gave away called the really bad PowerPoint. So his rule, no more than six words on a slide. And certainly if you're going to read what's on the slide, there's no reason for you to be there. <laughs> Just send the slides. And, you know, I've seen many presentations where they're reading the slides and I'm wondering why are you here? Just let me read the slides myself. I'm competent. So is there other typical problems that people face um, that you see over and over that you'd like to give a piece of advice about? You know, I think, I think that the biggest piece of advice is really talk about your story and just don't stress about it. Be authentic, be genuine, talk as if, you know, the person is in the room right with you. And don't don't make this really high pressure moment because I think people can really pick up on that on that nervousness. I think as long as as long as you feel like you are expressing your why, I think you're on a great path. So that's probably the biggest piece of advice. And I, I just quickly wanted to address. I think Blair just put a, a question um, in the comments that I just want to address quickly. Um, so no, just because our leaders come from all over the world is the short answer. Just to read Blair's question, it was, do leaders function under an NDA? What are the structures in place to protect IP? So because we have leaders coming from all over the world, the laws aren't necessarily the same, for example, in Thailand or in the UK as they are in the US. So it's really hard to put under um, any kind of dis distinct regulation. But what I tell people if they're concerned about um, IP is the following. Don't pitch your solution. Don't pitch your magic sauce. Pitch the problem. So you know, say I, I think that light bulbs consume too much energy, and I have a solution for a light bulb that can you know, I don't know, light up using this amount of watts or whatever it is. If you're interested, reach out. Let's put an ND in place and let's talk further. So at that point, that would be the the way to phrase it. Really talk about the problem. And then after you get NDAs in place, because we're, we're not encouraging anyone to expose their secret sauce. That's not the business we're in, but it's really hard for us to, to, to manage that. So that's the way I would approach the, the issue. Perfect. Perfect. You've done this many times. So uh, I'm, I'm so pumped by this. I'm going to open up my Ventro and start creating my, my pitch. So our second um, sponsor moment today is actually about uh, Word Sprint. Here's a nonprofit performance 360 magazine that we publish. And here's a dear friend that died recently, Frank Shankwitz. And his idea was to uh, make a terminal cancer patient who was a child uh, access their wish. 
And so his movie is live on Netflix now, um, Wish Man. So this is his story. And he didn't know about setting up a nonprofit. He was a motorcycle policeman. And so he made it happen and he surrounded himself with capable people. So we publish this magazine every year and we're preparing the next ones. Our sponsor is Word Sprint. Word Sprint prints a magazine, but they're really a mail house. And Word Sprint serves nonprofits and businesses because it's top of mind marketing. They send mail mail in your hands mail. So the magazine is, is an example. They do postcards and presentations. But what they've discovered in 20 years of doing this, two, two million, two and a half million mailings, that especially for nonprofits, donors keep donating if you complete the relationship, you continue the relationship and you let them know you've been responsible for their money. So he's got a chart in the magazine and it's 30% of them, it's the message. 30% it's the person, 30% it's the timing. It's the rhythm of staying in touch and only 10% the appearance because you don't want it to be too extravagant. People will think you're wasting money. Wordsprint.com, Bill Gilmer and his team will give you advice whether you use them or not. It's top of mind marketing. Keep in touch with your donors, like keep in touch with your customers. Make sure they know what's going on and value the relationship. So, um, man, this has been a fast hour. I told you at the beginning, we go fast. And I'm thinking, oh, we got a lot of time left. All of a sudden, we got no time. So what would you like to leave people with? A tip or a challenge or a thought or a quote? What do you want to leave people with after such great advice? I think that the, the one thing that's been on my mind, you know, continuously since I started this business, and the one thing I like to leave everyone with is to really think about what are is people's responsibility um, in the business world, the nonprofit sphere, whatever it is, you know, where is, how can we find the match and how can we make that Venn diagram as, as overlapping as possible in terms of doing business and doing good? Nor, nor Shugray. Did I, thank you so much. I'm Southern and we make up our own stuff. Thank you <laughs> so that. much for being our guest today and sharing such great wisdom with the nonprofit community. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.